Welcome back to another Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host Dustin. Doing our post-game pod for this terrible loss against the Sacramento Kings. Um, This was not a game the Mavs should have lost, but uh, let's get into that right now. So, the, uh, the offense was one of the bigger problems last night. Now, the defense obviously gave up 121 points to a team that had lost nine in a row. Um, that's kind of rough. Um, the offense, on the other hand, you know, Luca, his, his three-point shooting was not that good. It was 30%. I mean, that's not terrible, um, but it's not good. He did take 13 of them, um, which is a lot. I think towards the end, he, he kind of just was taking them to try and get them back in it, and it just they weren't going in. Um, his free throw shooting wasn't that good. 50%'s not good. Uh, you know, he had eight rebounds, and uh, the assists kind of tells the story of how the, the guys around him were shooting the ball. He only had four assists. Um, Brunson was probably... Numbers wise, their their best player, you know. Obviously, Luca struggled a bit with the, uh, um, with the shot, but you know he 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 was still he still did put up thirty seven and eight, which is fantastic. But Brunson, Brunson was eight for ten on his shots. He was two for three on his threes. Um, he had four assists and four rebounds. He had twenty points. He was playing great. Another guy who had a really good game was Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith was 6-for-8 on his threes. That's crazy. 8-for-11 um, overall. Uh, you know, he had four rebounds, two offensive. He was just... He, he played like... He, you know... He, you know, he does this. He's been doing this. He's been shooting well lately. So, you know, he's been scoring more and more. But the the big stick out, you know, the names that stick out on here, you know, Porzingis had nine points. He was one for seven on threes. He took half of his shots from behind the three-point line. I I don't know. I kind of felt like he was afraid to challenge Whiteside at times. You know, Whiteside is, is a long player. And I just, I felt like Sometimes he would just hang out behind the three-point line waiting to get his shot. And, you know, like I said, he was one for seven on his three. He was three for 14 overall. He made three shots and two free throws. He had nine points um, and 11 rebounds. And if Porzingis is going to score nine points, this team's not going to win. Um, you know, he, he just he did not have a good basketball game. Uh, Josh Richardson... Was one for five on his threes. He only had seven points. He did not have a good game either. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. was two for eight on his threes. He was awful. He was two for ten overall. He just he could not score. Um, Maxi was zero for three on his three pointers. He had no points. He's had several games this year where he's had no points. I, I don't know. You know, I do like Max. I do. He's one of my favorite Mavs, but I just don't think he's a starter. 
I, I think he would be a great bench player. Um, and I kind of think the same way about Dorian Finney-Smith. I, I think Dorian Finney-Smith would be a great bench player. And, and to an extent, probably Josh Richardson. Now, if you were to upgrade Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi in the offseason and you left Josh Richardson on the starting lineup, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But uh, I just, you know, Maxi's goose egg just kind of, it, it doesn't help. Willie Colley-Stein actually didn't play bad. He had four points in five minutes. Um, sometimes I, I don't understand the rotations for the Mavericks. Um, you know, J.J. Redick got one shot off, didn't score. Dwight Powell got one shot off, didn't score in 16 minutes. Dwight Powell had no points. And let me see, four rebounds. And in five minutes, Willie Colley-Stone had four points and three rebounds. And when I see stats like that, it just it boggles my mind on, like, why, like, I thought there were assistant coaches on this uh, sideline that were tracking this this stuff, you know, and and seeing that, you know, this guy's not con- contributing to our our game. I mean, he he's got no points. You know, Melly played fifty nine seconds. And I just one of the things that frustrates frustrates me when I watch these games is seeing guys struggle and just being left in the game as they struggle. You know, I I don't understand this short rotation that we've been on for the last several months. I I know they're trying to win games. I get that, and. Rick Carlisle doesn't think that rookies help you win games, which can be true and it can be not true. But at the end of the day, if you're going to play the same eight or nine guys and two or three or four are going to struggle and you're going to refuse to put in you know, a different three or four guys, you're going to lose basketball games. And it's very frustrating to watch you know, a Tim Hardaway Jr., play 24 minutes and score eight points and miss six three-pointers and eight shots overall. And it's like, you know, I I understand that Tim Hardaway can get hot at any moment, hit some shots, but at some point, you've got to bring in someone different who can maybe give you more energy, you know. It it was, watching that game last night, it, it just boggled my mind. Like, Jay, Josh Green is sitting over there, and I know Josh Green may not help you win that game. But guess what? He's not going to launch threes at a one-for-seven pace or a one-for-five pace. He's, that's not his game. He doesn't launch threes, thankfully. you know, He knows he's not a great three-point shooter. So guess what? He doesn't launch them. And I feel like that's kind of what we do. you know. They were 16 for 48. And again, I, I look at Sacramento. Sacramento took half as many three-pointers. And I keep saying this, you know, in my pods, you don't have to shoot a bunch of threes to win a game. And this is another game that proves that. They scored, what is it? They scored, it was 121 to 107. You know, what, what is that? That's 15 points, 14 points more than Dallas scored with half as many three-pointers taken. 
doesn't that prove that you don't have to take three-pointers to win a basketball game? You know, Harrison Barnes had 24 points. He, he From behind the line, he killed it. He was 5 for 8. He was murdering the uh, Mavs. So was this Terrence Davis. He was 5 for 5 behind the line on threes. He had 23. You know, De'Aaron Fox had 30. And he took two three-pointers. Think about that. He had 30 points and took two three-pointers. Um, Whiteside had 12. You know, DeLon Wright, an ex-Maverick, had 13. You know, DeLon Wright was a better player than a lot of people wanted to give him credit for. I, I, I'd much rather have DeLon Wright than Trey Burke. You know, I don't know why that decision, where that decision came from, but it was an awful decision. DeLon Wright would have been a much better player than Trey Burke. You know, Trey Burke didn't even get any minutes tonight because he's, he's not a good player. And DeLon Wright got 13 points. And so, you know, that like I said, De'Aaron Fox scored 30 points and only shot the three-pointer twice. He missed them, but he only shot it twice. Whereas, Alec Porzingis, he scored nine points and took seven three-pointers. And he missed six of them. And I know... Fox took 21 shots, and the only person that got even close to reaching that was Luca, had 27 shots. But, you know, Luca only scored seven more points, and he shot seven more shots. So, I, I just, I get frustrated with the consistent chunking of three-pointers, because that's, that's the analytics in the Mavericks basketball right now, and, it, and it's not working. You're losing basketball games. So it's not working, you know, and you could just say, oh, well, we're not making them. Well, yeah, because you're not a good three-point shooting team. So let's stop shooting them and start going for twos. And, you know, like I said, Sacramento scored 121 points shooting half as many three-pointers. And just watching this team just consistently just launch those three-pointers like there you know tomorrow is so annoying you know and what's funny is even some of these last few games the rebounding numbers are close like it was 42 42 this game but in you know some of the games in the past week or two they've lost they're really close maybe they've got out even about a three or maybe got rebounded a little bit more by one you know rebounding numbers aren't telling the story it's the three-point shooting it's the shooting altogether. Dallas just isn't shooting well because they're not a good shooting team. And at some point, the coaching staff has to address it. The coaching staff has to come up with a different offense to make up for the fact that they're not a good shooting team. And I just feel like the coaching staff is ignoring it. And, you know, I've never, I've not been on the Fire Carlisle train yet. I'm close. I tell you, I'm really close. I'm getting closer and closer as I watch these losses pile up because it frustrates me to see minimal rotation, guys not contributing, getting lots of minutes, and guys who do contribute get no minutes. You know, like I said, Willie Colley-Stein, you know, he has bad games, but tonight wasn't one of them. You could have played Colley-Stein against Whiteside. You know, that wouldn't have hurt you. You know, Whiteside is a long player. So is Collie Stein. Whiteside isn't that talented of an offensive player. He's not. He's going to get putbacks. He's going to get lob passes. He's going to get, you know, whatever. He had a play where he went 
you know, had his back to the basket and tried to post a play, and he missed. And I believe it was against, like, Luka or something. It was against a smaller play. I think it was Luka. And he missed it because that's not his game. He's not a back-to-the-basket post-up player. So you could have played Willie Cauley-Stein and been just fine. But we only played him five minutes. And he got four points and three rebounds, you know. You know, so stats like that are frustrating to see because he could have made a difference. But we just refused to play him. And it for whatever reason, you know, let's get Josh Green in there. See if he can do something. And it just, that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing right now. We're just, we've got the same eight, nine guys running in and out. And if they're not hitting their shots, then so be it. We're just watching them miss. Because we're not putting in anybody new. Because that wouldn't, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't help them win, apparently. I don't know. I know I'm ranting at this point. But it's just a frustrating, um... Frustrating game to watch because of how poor they played. You know, they met, they had a stretch in the third quarter where they tried to come back. Um, it it didn't work. You know, they they got close. I believe they tied it up, but it, it's just like it seemed like every time they got close or tied it or whatever, you know, Terrence Davis was there to hit a three, or Harrison Barnes was there to hit a three. So. So now the Mavs are back to only four games above 500, and they uh, they had a good opportunity to move or get closer. You know, Portland. Um, I can't remember. Did Portland Portland won? Or no, Portland lost to Miami, I believe. I no Miami beat. I'm sorry, Miami beat Brooklyn. Portland didn't. Portland lost to uh, Charlotte, so you got a loss by Portland, and you just you didn't take advantage of it. That's why I get annoyed that you know people are keeping up with how many losses the teams in front of the Mavs have, and it's because the Mavs aren't winning themselves. Why are we keeping up with the teams in front of them when the Mavs can't win the games themselves? So now they're like I said, they're only four games above five hundred. They're only half a game above Memphis. They both have 26 losses. You know, at this point, Dallas really needs Memphis to lose because Dallas doesn't need to go to Memphis to play that play-in game. Because Dallas will be in this play-in tournament. As much as they hate it, they're going to be in it. But they really have nobody to blame but themselves. Um, their next game is against the Detroit Pistons. Detroit has the third worst record in the league. If Dallas loses this game, I I don't know what else to say other than you've got to just trade everyone except Luka. Everybody's available except Luka. You, you, you can't continue to play with this team and expect to win. And if they lose to Detroit, then we're going to have a... We're going to have an interesting pod... Coming up on, uh, I guess the game's not till Wednesday, so they get a couple days off, and they don't play Detroit till Wednesday, so they get uh, maybe that's something they can go through in practice. Maybe they can figure something out, figure a way to get more points, figure out a way to play defense, have energy, 
You know, they just don't play with any, any energy. A lot of guys just stand around. And I know they like to blame Luka, but, you know, if, if you want to blame Luka, then let's get the coaches involved. Let's Maybe the coaches can put together a, a game plan where there's more movement. You know, this is the coach's job to run the offense. It's not Luka's job to run the offense. Now, Luka does run the offense on the floor, but the coaches run the offense from the sideline. So, I don't know. Just very frustrating. And um, hopefully hopefully they can get a win and st- to do the, turn it around. They do play Lakers at the end of the week, back-to-back. It's not going to be pretty. Even though L.A. hasn't had Andre Drummond or LeBron, they're still winning basketball games. They're still a better team than Dallas without LeBron and Davis. It's just that's how bad Dallas is. So coming up, I guess, in the week in the NBA, um, as far as even today, Matchups that may affect the Mavs are the Pacers play the Spurs. Uh, to a lesser extent, the Bucks play the Suns. That, that game doesn't really have any impact. But the Nuggets play the Grizzlies tonight. Now, the Nuggets, they lost Jamal Murray, but they seem to be doing pretty good. Um, obviously, they could use Jamal Murray, but... I think, you know, and I've said it in the past couple pods that, you know, having Michael Porter Jr. as your second best player now isn't a bad thing. I think you're going to see a different Michael Porter Jr. the rest of this year and into the playoffs, and I'm really interested to see what that looks like. I uh, I hope it's success. I've always liked Denver. Um they really don't have any guys to dislike. I like Jokic, obviously. I think he's a good player. Um, I don't root for too many non-Mavs teams. There are a couple I root for, like a couple players I root for. Uh, and Jokic is one of them. I, I like I like Jokic. He's kind of a goofy guy, and I like that. Um, I, I root for a guy like Porter Jr., who had started his career with an injury that you know, some people weren't sure he was going to be able to come back from, you know, funny enough, I like John Morant um, for the Grizzlies, and I like Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, if if Dallas uh, wouldn't have gotten Luka, I would have liked to have seen them go after Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, I, I doubt they would have been able to get him, you know, they'd have had to make him trade with Memphis to get him, <clears throat> to get him if, you know, I guess they still could have made the trade with Atlanta if, say, one of the uh, one of the teams in front of Atlanta had picked Luca. You know, they still could have gone after Jaron Jackson Jr. I really like him. Now he's missed a lot of games um, in his career, including pretty much all this year. So that's not you know a positive for him. He he needs to. He's like Porzingis. He needs to work on his body. Get it in. NBA shape, get it, get it ready to play against NBA players, and um, so that that's a big matchup tonight. You know, I, I might if I have a few minutes, I might turn that on. You know, I do have the league pass, 
So that is a game that might be fun to watch. Um, the Lakers play the Jazz again. Um, the last game, the Jazz kind of held out all their guys. Uh, they lost. Um, my guess is they're going to play all their guys tonight. Uh, just to, I guess, hopefully, you know, they can figure out if they can win or not. Um, since the Mavs don't play Tuesday, I'm going to go ahead and look and see, you know, if there's any matchups Tuesday that affect the Mavs. And there's one that uh, are the Clippers and the Blazers. Uh, you know, the Clippers are quietly a steady third-place team. Um, you know, they, they've they not really moved from that spot. What's funny is when, uh, when LeBron and Davis both got hurt, you know, the Lakers dropped, but it was Phoenix that jumped up. And the Clippers kind of just still sat in that third spot. You know, they never really moved. So they, they're kind of like the Mavs in that right now they're just the third-place team, you know, and they're they're fine with that. Um, I don't think Ibaka's played much the last month or two. But, you know, this is a game that obviously – if you're one of those standing watchers, you know, that think the Mavs can get that sixth spot, this is a game the Clippers, you're going to have to root for. You know, you're going to have to root for the Clippers to beat Portland. <clears throat> Portland's going to have to lose some games. So, other than that, it's just, you know, there's just other games out there. And then, you know, Wednesday, Dallas does play Detroit. Um... Another game that might, or that there's actually two other games that night on Wednesday night, which should be an interesting night of basketball. The Clippers do play Memphis, which again could help Dallas, and Denver plays Portland, which should be a really good basketball game. Both of those games should be really good basketball games. They're four good teams, four playoff teams. Um, the Heat play the Spurs actually the same night, um, so. Wednesday night is going to be a good night for basketball if you, you know, can sit and watch some games. Um, you should get some quality basketball games. Now, the the Pistons aren't a good team. The Dallas should beat them, and I've said that already, and I just, I want to keep saying it because I keep, <laughs> I keep stressing should, but... At the end of the day, I'm not sure what's going to happen because after seeing them last night, I don't know. And they're going to have to come out and play hard if they want to win this game. And I don't know if Dallas looks at standings and sees that a team like Sacramento is sitting at the bottom of the West and they just think they can come out and win the game by showing up. But that's this is the NBA. That's not how it works. So... Um, other around the NBA stories, there's not really much going on. I guess uh, Kevin Durant got a contusion on his thigh or his leg somewhere, I, I don't know, and had to leave the game yesterday. I honestly didn't know he'd come back and played. I haven't been play, paying much attention to Brooklyn. Um, I'm not sure if they're ever going to get a game where you know Harden, Durant, and Kyrie play. It's going to be interesting. LaMarcus Aldridge did retire. 
Um, I don't think I brought that up, but um, he was a guy I thought could fit on the Mavs. You know, he did retire because of a uh, irregular heartbeat, which, you know, you kind of hate to see. But um, more than one player, you know, have, has had to retire because of, you know, potential heart problems. And, you know, when you're a guy like Aldridge and you've, you know, you're 35, 36 and your career's winding down and you have a health issue like that and you've made a lot of money, you, you know, you hang it up and you, you know, hey, I had fun while it lasted and, you know, you concentrate on your health. You don't want to, you don't want to die two years from now trying to play basketball, you know. Um, my guess is if Brooklyn does win the title, they'll give him a ring and, you know, he can say he won a ring. I'm not sure how much, you know, it counts, but he was on the team. You know, I know he did retire, but. He, he probably occupies a roster spot. Um, I'm not sure if it's too late to put in a uh, like an injury exception to bring in another player, but uh, Lamarcus Aldridge did retire, so <clears throat> now they're down to just you know the Blake Griffin where people were mad that they were adding all these players. Now it's just Blake Griffin who has been in and out of the lineup. My guess is they're saving all these guys for the playoffs. Um, they're a good enough team to play, you know, just one or two of those guys and still win some games. Obviously, they're, I believe they're second in the conference right now. Yeah, they're second in the conference. Um, that's, what is that, two rounds of home court advantage. And then the, if you make it to the conference finals, you know, they'd have to go to Philadelphia if Philadelphia made it there, which they probably will. I don't see any team below Milwaukee really beating those top three teams. Now, Milwaukee, um, Milwaukee isn't too far behind Brooklyn. I don't know if they can catch them with those two games. Maybe, you know, if Brooklyn keeps sitting players, you know, because I think that home court advantage is going to be big in that series. So that's getting a little far ahead. There's time to talk about that. There'll be time to talk about that when the playoffs roll around. But uh, I think I'm going to end it there. I probably won't do another pod until, um, since the Mavs don't play till Wednesday, I actually probably won't do another one until Thursday. I, uh, I could do one tomorrow or Wednesday, but there's not really a lot to talk about, so I'd kind of just be filling it with nonsense. And half of my pods are nonsense anyways. But uh, I think I'll probably just wait till Thursday to do another pod. But uh, until then, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Mavs Outsider. And if you could, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until then, we'll see you later.